So glad that you are here today. So glad you're ready to receive the word of the Lord. Uh, we're going to continue our series called De-Stress. Now, this has been a breakthrough series. Uh, it's been a series where I had many people say, I am sharing these messages to my friends, my coworkers, my family, uh, and God is training them. Someone told me today, so I'm glad we're not just getting the message, but we're getting tools. You're teaching us how to war. You're not just telling us how to pray. You're teaching us how to pray. You're not just teaching us how, how to war, but you're telling us and teaching us how to war in the spirit. Uh, today, I want to talk to you about the word gratitude. Come on, someone say gratitude. Paul wrote a letter of gratitude from prison. Isn't that an oxymoron? <laughs> and this wasn't no cushion prison, okay? Uh, it ain't it, it, nothing. Get out of your mind, all the prisons here in America. I, I want you to think about him cold, naked, chained up, and hungry, okay? Abused. It, it, it was hard. And so he wrote a letter of gratitude from prison. He was writing a letter of gratitude to a church that he didn't mean to start. He was on his way to Asia, remember, to start a church, and he ended up getting detoured and sent to Europe, and there he started this church in Europe, and then now he's trying to write to them, and his heart is longing to be with them. His heart is longing to be with the, with the new church family he's helped establish, and he can't, but he writes this letter because he's in prison of gratitude. Can I just stop and say, sometimes you feel like your life's off track. Sometimes you feel like your life is, is not going where you planned. And could I say, your life may not be off track. It may be exactly where God wants it to be. And you may look back in a few years and go, oh, God, you just took me a different route to get to where you was taking me. Where I thought I was supposed to go wasn't where I was supposed to go. God, you had a different plan and a better plan. And you fall into that when you learn the thought of gratitude and the heart of gratitude. Let's go right to our text today. Philippians 4. Let's hear what these words he had to say to them while he was in prison. Philippians 4, verses 12 and 13. I know what it is to be in need. Anybody want to say amen, okay? You're not alone today. Paul understood this. He goes, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty, and I have learned the secret. Do you hear this? You need to really draw in today. You're going to get something that is being revealed through the Spirit to you today, a secret. He goes, I've learned the secret. What's that mean? It means the world doesn't understand this. Society doesn't understand this. They will not grasp the concept we're talking about today. But you're born of a different spirit. You have been made into a new creation. Creation, And God is wanting a different spirit to live inside you. I have learned the secret of being content in every situation. Whether I feel fed or I'm hungry. Whether I'm living in plenty or in want, I can do all things. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Paul said, I have found the secret in its gratitude. 
This whole chapter, you go back and read it, is full of gratitude, full of a secret of thanks in his life. He goes, this becomes my secret sauce. This becomes my secret power. How do I withstand? How do I survive? How do I work for God the way I work for God? How do I see things happen in my life? It's the secret sauce of gratitude. Gratitude. Gratitude becomes the secret power. Have you ever been in a drive-thru like I was the other day? And maybe it's at Starbucks and you get to the window to pay for your order and the person says, listen, the person in front of you paid for your order already. Now, you're number 18 in line. 18 people in front of you have paid for the person behind you. Would you like to keep it going? <laughs> and maybe you're like me. I'm like, well, I just got like a $5 coffee. You know, it was as bad enough as it is. And I look in the back and there's a car, a car full of college girls behind me. They've got a white chocolate mochiata with an extra pump of pumpkin spice and some cold foam drizzled in this. And they got some scones and some other things. I'm like doing the math in my head. That's going to be a $50 bill right there. And so I'm like, you know what? Nah, I'm good. I'll just take my blessing. See, somewhere along the line, somebody's got to draw the line and show some gratitude. Someone's, I think we've lost the heart of showing gratitude. Why can't we just be grateful for the person that paid it ahead of me? Why do we have to keep it going for 30 people behind me? A little sarcasm, obviously, in that story. But what I'm getting to is that I think we've lost the heart of gratitude. And sometimes we want to have the guy at the window pressure me into doing something nice, and it kind of runs the whole thing, right? It's good when someone does it spontaneous, but it's not as doesn't mean as much when a person at the window is putting pressure on you. Would you like to keep the chain going? Like, what do you want to say? No, you know, yeah, I'm that guy. I broke the chain. I'm a chain breaker. It's like my God. My God's a chain breaker, and so am I. Well, can't we just be grateful? I think a lot of times in our life, we, we missed out on being grateful. I love generosity, and I, I love people who are generous, but I think we've also got to realize we've got to learn to be grateful. There's one thing to be generous. It's another thing to be grateful. Are, are you grateful? I, I understand some of the gratitude is a letter that Paul was writing from prison to a church he was longing to be with. Understand how, how hard that must have been. Understand that he was longing to be with them and he couldn't. So he's writing this letter of gratitude toward them. Gratitude not only allows you to access more, but it allows you to access more of God's power in your life. It also triggers the happy hormones in your brain. It's science. It's medical. It's documented. Look what Harvard Health Publishing says about gratitude. Gratitude is, strong, is strongly and consistently associated with greater happiness. 
Gratitude helps people feel more positive. Emotions relish good experiences, improve their health, deal with adversity, and build strong relationships. Someone turned your name and said, I didn't realize gratitude did all that. Studies show that small daily doses of gratitude helps build a repellence to future trauma, and it also helps you reframe past trauma in your life. Some of you are stuck at the past trauma in your life. You've been praying for God to heal you. You've been praying for God to, to take us away. It could it be that as you learn to step into a spirit of gratitude, that it helps you not only deal with trauma that's here now, but it helps you to reshape, reframe, and deal with the trauma of your past. That's what happens. Gratitude is the secret sauce. Gratitude becomes your force of secret weapon. Scientists now say that gratitude calms fear, the fear circuits in our brain. You know, it also says that gratitude kickstarts the motivation in our brain. Some of you don't, don't have any motivation. Could it be you're not using any gratitude? The same time, it decreases the anxiety circuits in our brain. Gratitude decreases the anxiety circuits in our brain. Are you, I don't think my microphone's loud enough. Can you turn me up here, right here guys, on the side? I don't think these guys can hear me. Can you, can you, do you hear a gratitude? Recircuits anxiety in my brain. It brings motivation. It causes me to handle trauma presently and in my past. Are you understanding the power of what God has designed in our brain and in our heart? Listen, this is not medical science discovering. What they're discovering is what God already created in you. You were created to give gratitude. You were created to give thanks. That's the way he created. Why? Because it heals your brain. It heals your heart and it heals your body. Gratitude brings a spirit of healing in your life, and it brings motivation. It's as if God knew we were going to need something to reset the circuits in our brain. It's as if God knew there needed to be a reset button to the spirit of my heart. It's as if God knew the creator of my body designed a reset button and is called gratitude. When I stop and give gratitude, when I stop and give thanks, when I stop and say, God, I am so thankful for what you've done in my life, those problems I have begin to shrink. The anxiety I have begins to go away. The problem I'm facing right now looks small compared to what God has done in my life. And it takes me to a different place of looking. It takes my outlet to a different place. It's the advantage you have. It's called Gratitude. So I want to teach you. Here's three ways today to use gratitude in our life every single day. Number one, write this down. Gratitude unlocks the door to God's presence. Do you realize this? Gratitude unlocks the door to God's presence. Look what Psalms 100 and verse 4 says. We enter his gates with thanksgiving 
and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. The open door into the presence of the Lord. His courts is where the presence was. His inner court was where he was trying to give. We go from the outer court into the inner court. How do we step into the inner court of God's presence? With thanksgiving. When I begin to say, thank you, God. God, thank you for what you've done in my life. Even though I'm hurting, thank you for what you've done in my life. God, thank you for what you have given to me. God, thank you for what you have done for me. God, I thank you that you've already redeemed my life. God, I thank you that you've already healed me, either here or there. God, I thank you, God, that the answer I need is already on the way. I just don't see it yet. God, I thank you that you've never left me nor forsaken me. God, I thank you today. When you enter into a spirit of gratitude, it ushers you into the presence of the Lord. And you and I, we need the presence of the Lord because it's a game changer in our life. What you cannot do with willpower, you can do with God's power. And so when I step into the presence of the Lord, when I step into an attitude of gratitude, when I give thanksgiving to the Lord, it brings me into the courts of the Lord. There is the presence of the Lord. I need a dose of his presence. Start giving God thanks. Start giving God gratitude. Gratitude ushers me then. Remember this. Remember the prodigal son? It was his attitude of entitlement that got him out of the father's house, right? I want what I, my inheritance now. Give me mine now. I want it now. And it took him away. He came back humbled, broke, grateful for what he did have. I'm grateful just to be working as a servant for my dad. Gratitude brought him back into the house, restored his relationship. Who was out ignoring the party, didn't want to be there? His older brother, remember that? I ain't going to that party. My dad ain't never given me a party, and I didn't leave. I stayed. I've been here working every day, all these hours, taking care of this. While he left and went and partied and blew it all away, he, he never gave me a party. All of a sudden, entitlement, entitlement sets in the older brother, and now he's looking out, and he's not in. And the father's like, son, what are you doing? All I have is yours. Be grateful. Your, your brother who was once lost is now returned home. Be, go into a grateful heart. See, a grateful heart puts you back into the middle of the party. A grateful heart puts you right back into the middle of the presence of the Father. When you walk around with the spirit of entitlement, it keeps you out of the presence of God. Why don't I get mine? Why can't I have mine? Why are they being blessed and I'm not being blessed? Why are they getting a raise and I'm not getting a raise? Why did they get a bonus and I didn't get a bonus? Why did they get the job and I didn't get the job? Why did they have this happen and it didn't happen to me? When I get into a place of entitlement, it keeps me out of where God wants me to be. But can I say, when I start thanking God, God, thank you, you're blessing my brother. God, thank you, you're blessing my neighbor. God, thank you, you're blessing my coworker. God, thank you, you're blessing my boss. God, thank you, you're blessing my child. God, thank you, you're blessing this. As you begin to thank God with the spirit of gratitude, you begin to go, what happens? It puts you right smack into the middle of the blessing. See, you want to get in on the blessing? Get in on the gratitude. 
get in there. It brings you right in. Mm, mm, mm. Father said, all I have is yours. Be grateful. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says this. We are to rejoice always. Pray once in a while. No. What's it say? Pray continually. Give thanks in sometimes, right? No, no, no. Give thanks in. Let's say it together. Give thanks in. I don't like that. Do you? I only want to give thanks when it's something I like. I only want to give thanks when it's something of a blessing to me. I only want to give thanks when I feel like it. I only want to give thanks when I'm excited about it. But that's not the secret recipe. The recipe, Paul says, rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Now look at this. For this is God's will for you. Pastor, I need to find out God's will for my life. You just got it right here. This is God's will for your life. Is that you learn to rejoice in every circumstance. Not easy done, but when it happens, it sets you free. Learn to pray, continue. What's that mean? That means my heart is always in communion with God. Whether it's good, whether it's bad. Whether it's tough, whether it's easy. My heart is always in the spirit of communion with God. And I give thanks in all things. I give thanks when times are hard, I give thanks when I'm hungry, and I give thanks when I'm full. I give thanks when the bills are paid, and I give thanks when the bills aren't paid. I give thanks all season long. Why? Because it's not about me. It's about the God I serve. And what happens is this. He says, this is God's will for your life. Can I just go ahead and get you in on this right here? Listen to me. This is the secret sauce of living where God wants you to live is when you walk in a heart of gratitude, in an attitude of gratitude, it will elevate you to a different level. You will rise above everybody else. What's different about them? Gratitude. What's different about them? They're thankful. They rejoice in every season. They, they don't just serve God when things are great. They they're just as happy when things are bad. Even though they may be crying, even though they may be mourning, they're still, they rejoice in their salvation. And number two, gratitude takes what you have and makes it enough. Gratitude takes what you don't have and makes it enough. Let's read that again. Gratitude takes what you don't have and makes it enough. Are you grateful for what you do have? Are you grateful for what you do have? I don't have enough. Let me ask you this question. Are you grateful for what you do have? Sometimes all of our attention is on what we don't have, and we forget what we do have. You see, it's that neglecting of what we do have and getting our eyes on what we don't have that robs us of the joy, that robs us of the blessing that God has for our life. But gratitude 
takes what I, the little I do have and then multiplies and makes it enough in my life. I'm telling you, this is how to live your life above everybody else. When you walk in a spirit of gratefulness. Remember the story of the little boy who gave his lunch to Jesus when there was over 5,000 people there hungry and they needed something to eat? This little boy was the only one smart enough to bring us lunch or he was the only one honest enough to say, I brought something. Bible says he took a couple of fish and a couple of pieces of bread. And before it was broken, it says he gave what? Thanks. Took the boy's lunch that he had given to Jesus. Jesus gave thanks to the father. As he gave thanks, it began to multiply. This little lunch multiplied enough to feed over 5,000 people. So much that when they were done, it says they had to collect up all the leftovers. And they had over 12 giant baskets of leftovers. How did that multiply? Thanks multiplied. Thanks multiplied. Jesus, I give you thanks. I give you thanks. It was multiplied. See, when I begin to thank the Lord for what I do have, it creates a spirit of multiplication in my life. It takes what I don't have and makes it enough. I can't tell you how it works. All I can tell you is this. God's math is not my math. His ways are not my ways. His ways are higher than what I do. And all I know is if I begin to give God thanks for where I'm at now, he always sustains what I need and makes what I have last until I don't need it anymore. He multiplies it in my life. Gratitude makes what I have more than enough. Could it be that sometimes because we overlook what we do have and get our eyes on what we don't have, that we miss what's already before us? It's kind of like our kids that come to you. Mama! What? I'm hungry. Go get yourself something to eat. There ain't nothing to eat in this house. And you go downstairs, you're like, there's food all in the cabinet. You just got to open it up. You got to prepare it. They want something they don't have to prepare. They want something mama can just pull out and give to them, right? They want something DoorDash can deliver to them. Oh, I guess that's just my house. All right. So, but they, it's like, look, no, there's more than enough here if we just begin to look and see what we do have. And I want you to understand, you got to learn, you got to learn with your spiritual eyes to start looking at what you already have. Start looking at the blessings, even though they may be small. What blessing has God got in your life now? Philippians 4, 12, and 13. We read it a while ago to open up. Now, keeping that in mind, let's reread this again. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or if I'm hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. You see the spirit of gratitude in that statement. I've been hungry. 
I've been well fed. I've had more than enough, and I've been in want. But either way, God, you always have been enough for me. That allows what you, that takes away the pressure. That takes away the fear that there won't be enough. That takes away, say, God, you have never failed me. God, you have never left me. And he says, this has allowed me to walk in a spirit of contentment. Now, listen to me. Contentment is not complacency. Big difference. There's nothing wrong with being content. I think we've used that word to, to really be negative, and really, it's really a positive thing. Sometimes we too closely associate it with complacency and contentment. That's not it. Contentment is simply this. Contentment is learning that it's not complacency. Contentment is you are happy now. Contentment is you are thankful now. See, some of us right now, what we do is I'm not content. Therefore, I won't be happy until I achieve this. I won't be grateful until I get this. I won't be happy until I've done this. I won't be happy until I receive this. No, no, no. Spiritual maturity says, God, I've learned to be content now. I'm happy for what you've given me now. God, I'm thankful for what you've given me now. That allows the door to be opened up for more in my life when I begin to become content with what God has given me now. At what point is enough enough? At what point do we need more? Who told you you need more? That's my God. Work for it. Go for it. Yeah, nothing wrong with hard work. Nothing wrong with being blessed with the fruit of your labor. But what I'm talking about is you are not any more content now than you will be when you've been given that. If you learn to walk in it now. Contentment is not about what's in my bank account. Contentment is not about the things I own. Contentment is, God, I'm thankful for what you've blessed me with now. And what that does, it begins to stir in, you know what? I'm already rich. I don't have to get rich. I am rich. I don't have to get blessed. I am blessed. Come on now. Gratitude takes you to a different level. I've had plenty, and I've been, know what it means to be hungry. I can tell you this. I've learned that God has always been faithful. I've driven cars that were falling apart, and I've driven nice cars to people who like to drive, and everything in between. And can I tell you, they both get me from point A to point B. One a little faster than the other. But what I can tell you is this, I'm not, I wasn't any more content than I am right now. I wasn't any more content. Why? Because things don't change my relationship with God. Just because I have things doesn't mean I'm blessed. Blessing is an attitude. Contentment is an attitude. And when I understand that, it multiplies everything in my life. It multiplies the little I do have. You know what, God, I'm thankful for this. God, I thank you I do have a home. God, I'm thankful I do have a roof over my head. God, I'm thankful I do have dinner tonight. God, I'm thankful I do have this old beat-up car to get me down the road. I may not be able to take it out of town, but it gets me back and forth to where I need to go. But I'm thankful I got good friends that'll take me out of town. All right, there we go. We live in a time 
when we can go home. Think about it. We live in a time when we can go home and watch football on a TV that 15 years ago would have cost you $12,000 to buy. Now you can go buy that same TV for three or $400 at any store in town and watch it in 4K. 15 years ago, that was like 12, 14,000. And not only can you watch it, now you can watch it in high def, 4K, 8K resolution. And you'll have all, remember you only had to watch the games that were in your area. Now you can have all the games. You can watch any game you want to watch. It's there. Now I don't have just 10, 20, 30 channels. Now I got 3,000 channels. We have more entertainment than we've ever had in our life. We got more places to go eat. We have more choices to go. We have more means of getting away than ever before. We have more chances to get away and enjoy it than we ever had before. I can pretty much talk to anybody I want to now. I can push a button and I can see them wherever they're at around the world. I can have a conversation with people that I couldn't have done before. I mean, think about where we're at. The touch of our fingers. We've got everything we've ever had. We've, we've got everything more than anybody's ever had. But yet, our society is more non-content now than it's ever been. We're more non-grateful now than we've ever been. What's that say, Pastor? That says that more does not bring contentment. More does not bring happiness. More will not get you to where you want to go. What gets you to where you want to go is when you walk in a spirit of gratitude. When you walk in the attitude of gratitude. We don't need more to have enough. We got to have gratitude to have enough. Listen, we don't need more to have enough. We need gratitude to have enough. I don't have enough. It's because you ain't got gratitude. Mm, mm, mm. And the last thing, gratitude reframes how you see the world. Gratitude allows you to see things differently. We will, by default, naturally see the wrong things, won't we? By default, we see the negative things. And how many know negative people find each other like magnets. It's just by default, negative people are drawn to each other. We naturally see what's wrong. But we have to be intentional. So what do you tell me, Pastor? What I want you to do tomorrow morning when you get up, I want you to put on your glasses, say, you know what, today I'm going to see the good. Today I'm going to look for things to be thankful for. Today, I'm going to give gratitude for this crummy job I have. Thank you, guys. I got something. Today, I'm going to be thankful for the ramen in my cabinet today. At least I got something I can warm up if I need to. Today, I'm thankful for this old car that I've been wanting to get rid of for a few years, still hanging on. God, I'm thankful I got a car. I want you to learn to find the thing, be thankful for things. It's going to take you a spiritual discipline. I want you to do it intentionally put on your glasses of gratitude. The one who is grateful will see what everybody else misses. The one who is grateful will see the sunrise and enjoy the beauty of what God's created. The one who is grateful 
will see the small things that everybody else misses throughout their day. It unlocks the door of blessing. Philippians 4 and 8 says this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if any of these things is excellence or praiseworthy, think about such things. Present tense, I am to intentionally look for the good. I am intentionally looking for the blessing. I have to be intentional about looking for these things. My spirit will look for the negative, but I control my spirit and I discipline myself to look for the blessing. Reprogram your brain. Reprogram your brain to look for what is presently the blessing. The last scripture I'm going to read, Romans 12, 2. We know it here. We say it all the time, destiny. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. By the renewing, I'm transformed by the renewing of your mind. What is it today? Renewing. What does renewing mean? Renewing means I am making it new. I am reprogramming it to something better. Reprogramming it to something better. It's up to you to reprogram from the negative to the blessing. It's up to you from going from a heart of discontentment to a heart of gratitude. You control that. Ask yourself this question every day. Before you go to sleep, I want you to ask yourself this question. What went well today? Simple question. What went well today? I want you to feed what you're thankful for, and I want you to weed out what you're critical of. See if it doesn't change your brain. See if it doesn't renew your mind. See if it doesn't begin to multiply blessing in your life. There's nothing more powerful there's someone who chooses to show gratitude in their pain. Nothing more powerful than someone who chooses to show gratitude in their pain. Two weeks ago, I stood before you and told you I needed prayer that we were heading out to see my sister. The doctors only given her hours to live. So you guys prayed for us. And we went down to Tulsa. My family we walked into the room. My, my sister was in a medical bed in her living room, surrounded by our immediate family and all my children were there and a few friends. She was grasping for her last breath, struggling to breathe. The hour was drawing near and we knew it. Lots of tears in the room. We're, we're all crying. My son-in-law, Josh, slips over to the piano and starts playing her baby grand that was in the room. Daughter, my daughter, Hallie, starts leading us in worship. As we start filling the house with worship, can I tell you that our tears, all of a sudden, even though we're still crying, I begin to have a different outlook. You could feel God sensing his power just moving in our life as a family, helping us deal with what was ahead of us. As we begin to give God thanks in our pain, it was something that I can tell you that I'll never, ever probably experience in my life again. To that level. That when you worship God in your pain, when you worship God when you don't feel like it, there's something, there's nothing more beautiful than that. That when you can worship God in your your hardest season. And as we 
sing that song of gratitude. It says, I throw up my hands and praise you again. I had a vision of my sister as we were doing that. that she was standing before the Lord that morning, that day, with her both hands raised, and she was singing to God with all of her might because she loved to worship. She hadn't been able to lift one of her arms for several months because the blood clots had been there and swelling was there. And she had lost mobility. And by this time, she had lost mobility in her whole body. And so I saw her with both hands raised. In the middle of my pain, I could see her with both hands raised, healed, singing before Jesus. And it brought such comfort to me. And it was because we, we chose to give gratitude to the Lord in our hardest season. And as you stand up today, I want you to join us. Uh, we're going to be done in a few minutes. I don't want anybody taking off bolting for the door. What I want you to do right now is I want you to close out this service saying, God, I'm going to give through everything. I'm going to give thanks. God, I'm going to give gratitude even in my hardest season. God, I'm going to give gratitude and thanks for what I do have. God, I'm going to unlock the door of blessing by giving you thanks. Come on. Can we lift up our hands to the Lord? Say, God, come on. There's something inside of you today. Declare it. Come on.